welcome to the Become a Writer Today podcast with Brian Collins. Here you'll find practical advice and interviews for all kinds of writers. How was 2019 for you? Hi there, my name is Brian Collins and in this week's podcast episode, I'm not interviewing anybody. I'm going to review how 2019 went, what I learned as a writer, what I got wrong, what worked and what didn't work. I typically publish an annual review on my site, Become a Writer Today, in late December or January of each year, and I'll link to the various annual review articles in the show notes for this episode. But I thought it'd be useful to also record a podcast so you can get some additional commentary if you're interested, and hopefully get some creative takeaways that you can use to help with your writing or your creative career in 2020. Now, I'm recording this episode or annual review in early December, which might seem like jumping the gun because there's still a good four weeks left to get things done and to write in 2019. But I typically don't do as much in December because once you get into the middle of December, it's party season, it's time to catch up with friends. And I spend more time just, you know, reviewing what worked and didn't work and what I'd like to do in the coming year. In other words, I don't start any big or new creative projects or change anything about how I'm running things on Become a Writer today or the types of articles and books that I want to write. So it's more about tying up loose ends and reflecting on what worked and didn't work than it is about kicking off something new. So I usually like to start off podcast episodes inspired by something Joanna Penn does, and that's with a personal update. And my personal update for 2019 is that my routine has completely changed compared to previous years. And why is it completely changed? Well, in September of 2018, my wife gave birth to our third baby, a baby boy. And he was still quite small in 2018, but he's a little bit bigger now. And he's up early, running around the house, and sometimes up in the middle of the night too. So I used to like to get up around 5 a.m., you know, to write a first draft or write articles for, you know, over an hour or two before pressing on with the day. But these days, it's a bit harder to get up at 5 a.m. if you've been up an hour before because the baby was upset or hungry or looking for his suitor or dody, as we call it. So my routine has changed a little bit in that I'll typically start writing or engaging creative work like recording this podcast episode around half seven after I've dropped the baby to the childminder around the corner. And I'll typically work for an hour and a half or so before moving on with, you know, with some other projects for the day. If I'm behind, I'll try and spend a couple more hours at the weekend or on Fridays working on you know my books or articles when the baby is asleep or when things are a little bit quiet in the house. And I'm not going to lie, I struggled a little bit with changing my writing routine, but Sometimes you just got to be flexible and just pick a routine that works for your life circumstances. Because I remember reading an article this year that summarized the issue by saying, art is to support life, not the other way around. So if you're struggling with your writing routine, I'd say don't worry, just find one that fits around your life circumstances. And if you're writing a little bit every day, if you can see your word count increasing and you're, you know, you're still shipping and publishing your work, then you're doing okay. So you can say to yourself that yes, you are progressing. The other big personal project that I completed this year was running a marathon. Now, I've actually run marathons before, and I've talked before in previous podcast episodes about how long distance running and writing a book are a lot alike. In other words, you've got to break down an insurmountable project like writing 60,000 words or running 26.2 miles into smaller milestones like writing 500 words a day or keeping your legs moving for just one mile. 
Now, you may wonder how I found time to train for running the marathon. Well, I work from home and I would typically go for a run on my lunch break or when the baby was asleep or late in the evening when my wife is back from work. And I also like long distance running because when you spent all day sitting in front of the computer or the blank screen, it's good to get up and, you know, do something physical to get some fresh air and also to spend time in the company of other people because I'm a member of a running club near the house where I live. And I think it's particularly important for riders to spend time in the company of other people. And I've talked before in previous episodes about the loneliness of, you know, writing and creative work. And that's certainly something that riders can struggle with. So now on to my professional review for the year. During 2019, I continued writing consistently for Forbes. I published approximately two articles a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays about creativity, innovation, and leadership. Those are the swim lanes, as Forbes call it, that I write within. And that works out as approximately nine articles a month. And if you multiply nine by 600 by 12, it's more than 100,000 words, which is more than enough for a book. And that's actually the approach I've followed before. One key insight from writing for Forbes is I'm always surprised by what performs and doesn't perform. Sometimes I'll spend a lot of time preparing to interview, you know, somebody successful from the business world. I'll research all of their work, come up with questions, spend a lot of time writing up the article, publish it, and it won't get that many views. And then in other occasions, I'll knock up an article relatively quickly, send it over to my editor, fix it for typos and publish it. It'll take a less than an hour and it could get many thousands of views. So what I've learned from the whole process is the headline is just as important as the content of the article. And it's always good to include personal experiences and stories rather than overly relying on you know, scientific research and third party sources and so on. So that's something I want to do more of next year. That's to insert more of myself into the articles and, you know, more stories and anecdotes, even a little bit more color and humor. In fact, one author I admire who has done this really well, although it might not be suitable for Forbes, is the author Mark Manson. If you read any of his books or the articles on his site, you'll see that they're colorful, they're engaging. And even though while they're full of, you know, language that's not for everybody, they stand apart from anything else that anybody else is writing. And that's something that I like to return to, you know, to write something a little bit more colorful and with a little bit more heart. So I'm going to try and do that in 2020. So we'll see how I get on. The other big creator project from this year was I published a new book. It was called This Is Working and it was based on articles I wrote for Forbes in 2018. It explains how to become more productive and effective at work, how to accomplish more and how to decide what to work on and when. And I enjoyed writing the book. I always enjoy the book writing process. But I've often found that when I finish writing a book, I want to forget completely about it and move on to something else. In fact, I even outsourced the management of my ads campaigns on Amazon for this book in question. So I haven't really thought that much about the book since I published it, which is probably not a good idea because I should really still be promoting it. That said, I have iterated the book into a number of different formats. So you can buy it on Kindle for a couple of dollars. You can buy it on paperback for a couple more dollars. You can buy it on large print. And I commissioned an audiobook narrator for the book using ACX. Now, in previous years, I have recorded and narrated my own audiobooks. And I always find it's better when the author narrates his or her own book because they know the material that bit better. That said, it's quite demanding and time consuming to narrate your own book, particularly if you're writing fiction. And this year, I just didn't have the time to do that. 
probably because I was too busy, you know, training for the marathon and also minding the baby and so on. So I, I worked with a narrator who was able to turn it into something that I could publish in ACX. And that worked out relatively well. But I think for my next book, I will try and narrate it myself because it's easier than ever to do it today. You know, you don't need to spend a huge amount of money on equipment. And I've actually written a detailed guide about how to create an audiobook, which I can include with the episode if you're interested. The other creative projects that I engaged in this year was repurposing some of my previous books into different formats. What do I mean by repurposing? Well, there's a book I give away free to new subscribers of Become a Writer today. It's called Yes, You Can Write. And it's a book of writing prompts. And, you know, it's also available for free on Amazon. But I'd never created a print version of this book. So I worked with a designer to create a print version of this book, but I took it one step further and I created a print workbook. So basically you can buy a large version of Yes, You Can Write. It's got the writing prompts at the top of each page, and then you have space on each page to write in your answers to the prompts in question. I enjoyed the project. It didn't take too much time or effort to do it. And it's actually got me thinking about how else can I iterate some of my other books. So in previous years, I published a book, The Power of Creativity, and there are creative takeaways in that book that could easily be turned into a workbook. So that's something I'm going to consider. And if you've written a number of blog posts, articles, or nonfiction books, I'd encourage you to think about what other formats could you turn them into. Perhaps you could turn them into a course. Perhaps you could turn them into, you know, podcast episodes, or perhaps you could, you know, commission a narrator and publish an audiobook. In fact, if you want to earn more money for your writing, I'd certainly recommend, you know, commissioning an audiobook because audiobook sales are on the up. And that's something I've seen with my book royalties for the year. During 2019, I've got into a more consistent workflow with podcasting. I started this podcast mostly as an experiment because I enjoy listening to podcasts and I wanted to see what it would be like to record one. When I started the podcast, it wasn't an interview format. I just picked a single writing topic and riffed on it for about five or 10 minutes. In fact, a little bit like this episode. But over the past year, I've moved almost entirely to the interview format. And here's why. Typically, I'll find an author that I want to speak to or whose work I really enjoyed. And what I'll do is interview them for an article for Forbes about the key idea in their book. And I'll write that article with the audience of entrepreneurs and leaders in mind. But in the podcast interview, I'll also ask them questions about their writing and creative process. And then I'll use that interview as a podcast episode and also as a blog post on Become a Writer Today. So effectively, this enables me to create three pieces of content from one piece of work. And this has really helped me increase my output because it helps me, you know, hit my article count for the month on Forbes. And it also helps me publish podcast episodes and blog posts on Become a Writer Today. And it's also fascinating to speak to some of these authors because there's so many great books out there. And I really enjoy, you know, hearing how authors have approached writing a book or turning their big ideas into a concept. One of my favorite interviews from this year was with Nir Eyal, the author of Indistractable. And that's some, an interview I'd recommend you listen to if you want to find more time to write. I also enjoyed interviewing Joanna Penn of The Creative Pen because her podcast was one of the first podcasts I ever started listening to. And she partly inspired me to launch this one. So I'm definitely going to continue podcasting in 2020. That said, I don't take care of the audio production myself. I've outsourced that to an audio or podcast editor via Upwork. So all I do is record the audio, hand it over to him. He takes care of all the editing and processing and uploads the files to a service called Anchor.fm, which is free to use. Now, the funny thing is, in another life, I actually worked as a radio producer, so I could do it myself, but it just comes down to time. 
I'd rather spend time writing rather than tinkering around in Audacity, which is the podcast tool that I use, or messing with audio files. And outsourcing is something that I'll continue to do in 2020 as well. What do I outsource? Well, I have an editor who checks my articles for typos. I rely on the help of a virtual assistant who helps me with things like email, admin, and so on. I have a bookkeeper who goes through my returns for for the year. I have an accountant who helps me file my returns and make sure I'm tax compliant. I also sometimes rely on the help of a video editor if I'm recording new courses. I also rely on a consultant who helps me optimize articles on my site for search or for Google. That might seem like a lot. And if you're not quite at that stage, I'd say don't worry. Simply find one activity that you want to outsource. And if you're earning a little bit of money from your writing, put it towards that. A good place to get started is with the books because many writers don't like spending time on their finances, but it's something you still got to do. So if you're starting to earn a little bit of money from your royalties, but you're getting a bit stressed about your tax or returns, consider you know hiring a bookkeeper on a service like Upwork because they could save you hours each week and it doesn't actually cost that much. So that's one area I'd encourage you to consider. And then if you're beginning to earn a little bit more, consider hiring an editor who can help you polish your articles for typos, for grammar mistakes, and just generally improve the look and feel of your articles because that will help you become a better writer and it will help you publish with a little bit more confidence. In June of 2019, I traveled to Austin, Texas. I met one of my mentors, John Morrow from Smart Blogger. John Morrow teaches bloggers, writers, and lots of other people how to break through the noise by starting a blog. And it was him who first got me to consider that a blog can become a business and that it's possible to earn a living from writing. In fact, one of the first courses I ever took online was from John Morrow back in 2013 or 2014. And at the time, I wasn't sure about spending, you know, $1,500 on a course from somebody over the internet. But that course helped me start my site Become a Writer today. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the help of John. So over the past 12 months, uh, he invited me and 10 others into a mastermind. And we got to work with John in person and also over weekly calls and via a Slack group. And he coached us on different ways we can improve our business and different areas to focus on. Now, if you're not familiar with John's story, I'd encourage you to visit Smart Blogger and check him out. He's a pretty inspiring guy. And I was grateful to meet him in person because he's somebody I've learned a lot from. So I went over to Austin, Texas. And one of the areas he's got me to focus on is on courses, because that's something I've let slip. Basically, in previous years, I've created a couple of online courses and I'd promote them for a little while and then stop and move on to something else. But during the latter half of this year, I've created more courses and I've created more funnels to promote those courses. And I've also worked more closely with students within these courses to ensure they're getting the results they need. So that's something I'm going to do in early 2020 as well. That is to create courses which help readers earn money from their writing, become more efficient or write without fear and learn how to express and share their work online. So watch out for those. So that's a summary of what worked. But what didn't work during 2019? Well, in previous years, I've talked about how I've tested Facebook ads and then gave up on them because they were expensive and time consuming. And this year, I didn't run any Facebook ads. And I know some authors rely heavily on Facebook ads to sell their books. But what I've learned is Facebook ads is a skill in itself. And it's a skill you need to invest both time and money in. And it's just something I don't have the resources for at the moment. 
Perhaps it's something I'll look at in the future, but right now it's freed me up to focus on other areas of the business. In previous years, I've also talked about how great Amazon ads are, and they are a fantastic way of selling books, but the word is out because Amazon ads are now a lot more competitive and the tool has gotten a little bit more complicated to use as well. So while I'm still making a profit from selling books and from Amazon ads, it's a lot more time consuming and it takes a lot more iterating and testing. In fact, earlier this year, I outsourced the management of my Amazon ads campaigns for a time, but it was still quite difficult to generate a return on the ads when I factored in the cost of managing those ads. So I'm currently still running Amazon ads, but I'm not generating as much as a return on my books from those ads compared to previous years. Will it continue to run ads in 2020? I'm not sure, but I do know this content marketing, that is blogging, podcasting and publishing has always driven more traffic, more subscribers and helped me earn more revenue and even help more readers than anything I've done with paid advertising. While we're on the subject of ads, I've also experimented with running ads on my site. So depending on the page, you can land on certain parts of Become a Writer Today and you'll see a small ad in the sidebar or within the article. Those ads help me cover the cost of hosting and some of the other tools that are used to run Become a Writer Today. But I've mixed feelings about running ads on the site and I've turned them off on certain parts of the site because they're getting in the way of the articles and the content. I'll probably continue to run them for the first part of 2020, but it's definitely something I'm going to review. So what am I going to focus on for next year? Well, I've started a side project, which is unusual because I'm always talking about the benefits of focusing on one thing. But this side project is a newsletter that talks about creativity, leadership and innovation. Yes, that's right. It's similar to the areas I'm writing about for Forbes. And I've started it on Substack. And I did this because Substack is incredibly easy to use. And it's a fantastic way of writers building a direct relationship with their readers. And it can even help you, you know, get paid for your writing. And I actually interviewed the founder of or co-founder of Substack, Hamish McKenzie. And I'd encourage you to check out that interview if you're interested in starting a paid or free newsletter. My other plans for 2020 include continuing to focus on courses because these are a great way of serving readers and also a great way of iterating ideas from your books into different formats. I probably will write a book next year. I'm still working on the topic. I've kicked around a few ideas from time management to starting a business. But they didn't really excite me. So I want to write something that's a little bit more colorful and a little bit more personal. And I don't think I'm going to start writing the book until I come across an idea that ticks both of those boxes. Because if books aren't going to be the primary revenue generator for Become a Writer today, then I may as well enjoy it and write something, you know, that I get a kick out of as well as which helps readers. Another interesting idea that I'm going to look into next year is building a writing prompts generator. Fun fact, before I started this site, I actually considered taking up web development. I didn't go into that line of work, but I picked up a few rudimentary insights into how coding works. So what I would like to do is take the prompts from Yes, You Can Write and build a writing prompts generator that I, you know, host for free online and which I could use for writing articles and which hopefully could help other writers. So watch out for that if I do go ahead and create the writing prompts generator. Another side project that I'm looking into is based on the Oblique Strategies. The Oblique Strategies are a series of cards created by the musician Brian Eno and artist Peter Schmidt during the 1970s. Essentially, when you're feeling blocked or uninspired, you draw a card from the deck and do whatever it says. The prompts contain, you know, helpful ideas like only a part, not the whole, discipline, self-indulgence, slow preparation, fast execution. 
If those sound vague, it's because it's to get you to consider interesting ways you can approach a creative problem. And I keep a pack of these on my desk and I use them when I'm feeling blocked for an article or for an answer on Quora or for something for Medium. But with the instructions that come with the prompts, Eno recommends cultivating your own. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to compile all of the different prompts that I use and consider if I can create my own version of the oblique strategies and whether I'll sell them or whether I'll just give them away, I'm not sure, but it's definitely something I'm going to create. So watch out for those as well. The final area that I want to focus on for 2020 is to continue investing in outsourcing. So there are still parts of the business that I'm spending way too much time on. I spend a lot of time on email marketing. I spend a little bit of time on SEO, although not as much as I used to. I still spend some time on my ads, which I've talked about a few minutes ago. And I also spend time on some administrative stuff that I really shouldn't be doing because basically anything that's not writing, for me anyway, is not really a good use of time. So I want to continue to explore different ways I can hand over parts of the business so I can focus on what I want to do. Finally, here's a couple of great books I read this year. I finally read Team of Rivals, the Abraham Lincoln biography by Dolores Kearns Goodwin. And it was one of the best nonfiction books I've read. Definitely something I'd recommend if you're interested in biographies. If you're running your own business, check out the book Traction. Four Disciplines of Execution is a book that my mentor, John Mower, recommended and has changed how I'm tracking key metrics for Become a Writer today. Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport is good and a good complement to Nir Eyal's book, Becoming Indistractable. Ryan Holiday's new book, Stillness is the Key, is something I'm nearly finished and I recommend you check that one out too. That's my 2019 annual review. I hope you found it useful. If you're considering doing your own, it doesn't need to be a podcast episode. You could simply write it in a journal. Just ask yourself questions like, what worked during 2019? What did I do? What didn't work? What did I not do? What should I do more of? What should I do less of? And what would I like to focus on next year? You see, asking and answering these questions is a great way of holding yourself to account and redirecting yourself if you feel like you've gone off the track. So I guess recording this annual review is as much for me as it is for you. But that said, I hope you found this podcast episode helpful. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did, please leave a rating on the iTunes store. And if you want to accomplish more with your writing, please visit becomearitertoday.com forward slash join and I'll send you a free email course. Thanks for listening.